Welcome to the JVB Health and Wellness Podcast. It's been a while since we've recorded a group podcast, and I felt like it was time to do it. So we had some folks on, and you'll hear what I think is a really good discussion around making time for health and wellness with some tips and thoughts and a few other conversations about other health and wellness related topics. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. What's going on? How you doing? I'm well. It's been a while. It's good it's to been see a while. You. Yeah, it's been, I don't think we've done one of these in probably about a year, maybe a little longer. I've done some other wow. podcasts, but it's been about a year. I think the reason that I had stopped doing them, well, there's a few reasons, right? And we'll talk about some of this on the call, just in terms of being busy. And, you know, we were we did a weekly call probably for about a year, year and a half, like pretty regularly. And then I just started to sense change back to pre-pandemic levels where people were no longer wanting to get on the call and talk about health and wellness. They were getting back to their lives. They were getting COVID, you know, recovering, getting COVID, recovering, you know, and just that people didn't want to talk about it. People seemed really busy and focused on other stuff. And I can do, I did some of these podcasts on my own, uh, which I've done many of on my own. Um, but I feel it's, it's much better. I really enjoy the dynamic of having different people with different opinions talk and, and challenge each other, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of the idea. And um, I've wanted to, and I've had a lot of people reach out and say, Hey, What's up with the podcast? When are you doing the podcast again? I want to hear about the podcast because I think um, people like listening to the topics, I think. And um, and if anybody's listening to me say this and you want to jump on on any of the future ones and any topics you want to talk about, let me know. I'd be happy to talk about them. But um, so I've been thinking about like wanting to do this for a while, actually. But my challenge is that, you know, I'm still in California and um my kids are junior in high school now and a freshman in high school, same high school, still in California, and I am a chauffeur. I drive them around everywhere, and I have very little time. And then you throw in, I'm on a different time zone from people in Central and East, East Coast, and there's never a time that I can find that, you know, works. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, last time we spoke, or, I mean, I know we spoke about this after, but I did have that tumor on my gallbladder. I did have my gallbladder removed. And you may recall that I had a 500 day streak of exercise, exactly 500 days when I had to get the gallbladder removed. I'm fully recovered from that surgery, not having any problems. And I'm happy to say I have a 630 day streak since then. So <laughs> that's a real streak. I'm proud of that streak. That's 630 consecutive days of exercise. Now, how do you define exercise? I define yeah. exercise as at least 15 minutes of aerobic activity or strength every day. And I think all 630 days I've had at least 15 of, of cardio. So that's kind of what's going on for me. I wanted to uh, have a topic I want to talk about on this call. I want to hear from each of you also, but I, I want to talk about um, what I've been struggling with is, you know, and I want to have open conversation about it is why do some people like focus on their health and prioritize their health and do something, whether it's a 630 day streak like me, I'm a, I'm a extreme person. I need that streak or I won't do it and I'll fall off and I'll streak the other way. So I just, that, that's what works for me. I have to do it. Right. And it's about a lot of different things that we'll talk about here. 
but I have many other people that I coach. I work with friends that I don't even coach who, you know, a good streak might be, I'm going to work out one day a week versus zero days a week. Right. And I'll take that. I'm going to work out three days a week versus two days a week or whatever it is, just continuous improvement and doing a little better. And so I've been really struggling with, you know, why does, why do some people do it? And why do some people not do it? And why do some people oscillate back and forth? And, you know, that had me start to think about the prioritization of health and time management and streaks and other things. And so I wanted to have a conversation with each of you guys about, like, how you think about each of those things, as well as, you know, what can we talk about our tips and tools that you use to better yourself? And when you get down in the doldrums or which I would define as not prioritizing your health, not exercising, not doing the things that are important. Why? And what do you do to get yourself out of there? So that's a little introduction of what I want to talk about today. Amelia, I'm going to kick it to you first. Hi, how are you? It's been a while. What are you up to these days? I'm doing well. Um, I You, you look know, fit I, and lean, so you must be doing something. You know what? It's funny. I just did my first race in a, in a little while, and it was, a, it was a shorter one for me. It was a, a Saturday night. It was a, it was a night run, night race, um, 30K. Um, shorter one. So that's 18.6 miles for people that don't know. It was very good. And it was great. Anyway, I just, it, it had been a while since I'd done a formal race. I'd been doing lots of running, but I hadn't done a formal race since January. So what was the race? In January? No, the one you did last weekend. It was called uh, <laughs> Captain Carl's uh, Reveille Park uh 30k i think was it a trail race or what was it oh yeah Where was no, it? it was a trail race at night it was really it was really cool it was an in awesome texas in Austin? Texas. uh no it was about an hour north of where i am so um a little bit out a little ways from austin probably about an hour and a half from austin i i've uh been doing uh like there's one hill i run up all the time and i see these like i have we have these ring cameras and i see these people in the neighborhood posting stuff about ring and i saw one go up the other day that said another rattlesnake in my yard and so every time now i run up this hill i freak out about this rattlesnake and there was another trail around here that i was gonna run on that i found recently i'm not gonna run on that trail because i'm afraid of the rattlesnakes and that's yeah, running during the day yeah, you've got to worry about them out there. We 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 have them here too, but you definitely need to worry about them where you are. So I'm glad you're aware and being careful. But one but thing I wanted you're to running say at night. That's the point. Like, yeah, how are yeah. you even going to see them? So the one race, comment, one trail. comment I wanted to make at the beginning of this, just just and I just thought of it right now when you're talking. It's really timely that you're doing this. It's great. You know, it's it's really great because I would guess this would be a very different conversation before COVID. I'm just thinking like so many people are reevaluating their work-life balance now and time management becomes that much more important uh, when you have either a flexible schedule or you're working uh, from home and you hadn't been previously, you're used to being in office, maybe you don't have a commute anymore, um, or you're readjusting to going back to an office and you're really struggling with time management after having a different schedule so it's just cool that you're doing this is perfect timing i think yeah and i thank you i i think people's perceptions are just totally different than they were before mm -hmm. covid mm -hmm. right some people mm -hmm. gained 50 pounds during covid and haven't lost it other people have said you know what i've got a taste of the good life and i i i 
really want work-life balance now and I really have changed my perspective and I'm going to have to do things differently now. I mean, just in our job, our jobs, at least in my job and probably yours too, like the, the number of people that just are just don't want to be in the office full-time anymore, it's hard for us to get people to come in the office really more than two days a week. Yeah. It's crazy. Very different perceptions. So, Justin, talk about what we were talking about. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just, we were just talking about, <clears throat> you know, people that are in the stage of the life that, you know, Jim and I are in and Charlie and others. I mean, just, Belio's in the exact same time period that we are. We're all, okay. <laughs> all about the same age. All right. <clears throat> we got parents that are getting older and we have to start, you know, thinking about them for the first time. Kids that are in or going to college or gearing up for college. Uh, work typically is at a high level because of, you know, usually we have more responsibility because of where we are in our career. Uh, the world at times feels like it's falling apart. <laughs> uh, here, uh, Ukraine, Taiwan, COVID, climate change, <laughs> you know, and working from home, trying to focus. Um, there's a million distractions, uh, trying to stay on top of everything, getting texts and emails and uh, notifications of the stock market going this way or that way. It's and the the, uh, the lure of you know your your uh, your phone to look at whatever the stock market or whatever else other million things that people might look at. Um, how am I going to retire? <laughs> it's just a lot, you know. Your kids like today my. Uh, you know, when you're working from home, you've got somebody, oh, we're going to have our, something remodeled in the house. The guy came over, stayed too long. My son got COVID. I was going to go back to work and now I got to wait another week. <laughs> it's just one thing after the other. It feels like all the time, not just for me, but everybody all at the same time. It's just, um, feels it's a perfect, like it's a, a perfect distraction. Right. It's a perfect storm of things to prioritize. And therefore, how do we fit in health when we got to deal with everything else you mentioned and money concerns and inflation and everything else? And sidebar, I was reading today that COVID cases have gone up by a third since uh, a lot of schools that are back in session now and a lot of universities are back in session. So the, the thing that I, that I, this article I read today said like, look, you know, many people are now only have two shots. They don't have a booster. They don't have a second booster. Now we got this new shot coming out. And so people are really trying to focus on, hey, get your booster shots again. You know, if you don't have them, maybe get the booster shot now even before the omicron one comes out but i've read now that that might come out that that has the original delta and everything else as well as ba4 and ba5 that might come out in early september what's interesting is they're not going to do any testing on it because they say hey it's an mnr mrna vaccine and it's all good kind of like a flu shot being updated every year so i, th I thought that was an interesting sidebar um, not surprised we're seeing even out in california tons of kids are getting covid right now so, all right, Charlie, you have anything to add? Just an introductory comments about what we're talking about here before we get into some specifics? 
No, I'll just say that when I turned 50 years old, my insurance was more than happy to send me off to get any test or uh, or um, vaccination that I wanted. And so I maxed that out. Anything that I thought might be wrong with me, I went and saw a specialist about it. So for about two years, I've been going, you know, five, six appointments a month just to different specialists to make sure that my gut is okay, that my joints are okay, my head is okay. And so here we are two years later, there's nothing really wrong with me. I'm, just, I'm aging pretty, uh, pretty averagely, uh, averagely, but there are more things that I can do for myself. Good. Look, I, I, there's always this debate about, should we be proactive in, you know, take an approach of preventative care, which is what you've been going through and which I really believe in. And then this like, oh, I should only go to the doctor if I'm sick because doctors are just out to like scam me and take my money. I, I fall in the camp of preventative care. There's a couple of things that we should all do all the time. We should like go see the dentist twice a year. Every six months, you should be going to the dentist. I mean, and you should be flossing your teeth. There's so much data out there that says that those who don't floss increase their risk of heart disease, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, those are important things. And I think just just getting a physical every year, just get your blood checked a little bit. You know, I remember when I had my gallbladder issue, uh, I had one instance of some throbbing in the center of my chest, kind of where your pancreas is, but where also your large colon is. And one instance that was different than anything ever I had before. And I called my doctor and I said, Hey, I've never had this before. Had I not done that, that tumor that I had would have turned it was precancerous would have turned cancerous. And then all of a sudden it spreads and you're dead from it. Right. So, Preventative care, I think, is very important. I will say the other thing I've been dealing with, and Amelia, I don't know if I've told you on this. I can't remember if I texted you on this, but I've been dealing with some AFib, which I've never had before. Oh, oh I, didn't, I didn't know that. So a AFib, for those that don't know, is when your heart rate just speeds up really fast. And so what happened with me, I was, I was, I was at the gym. And I was doing some push-ups and sit-ups, some strength, and then I finished. And that's always really hard for me. And I push myself pretty hard. Um, so I think the strength's important. I think body resistance stuff's really important. And then I get on the elliptical. And I remember I wear two watches. I wear a Garmin watch. I wear an Apple watch. And I'm on, an, I'm on a machine that has silver things. And if you hold those silver things in elliptical, it's accurate. And I look down and I'm like, wow, I, I, I don't feel tired. But I looked down at my, my watch. It said 180. My heart rate was 180. I was like, no way. It must, it must be like it's not reading. Then I looked down on my Apple Watch. It says 180. Then I put my hands on. I'm not even moving. I'm not doing the elliptical. I'm, and I'm recovered from, I mean, from, you know, three sets of 30 push-ups maybe, right? That was minutes ago. So I go on the, I'm just standing in the elliptical, ready to start my workout. And uh, then I put my hands in the thing. It says 180. And so I said, oh, I must be having like this thing now. Let me go to my Apple Watch and let me run that EKG thing or whatever. And it said, uh, you AFib, you're having an episode of AFib. So I, I um, wore like, a, I went through all kinds of tests, all kinds of heart tests. I already have some other issues with my heart. And yeah, I've, I have a history of getting the extra beats and electrical activity in my heart. So I've always had that. So I've always been able to manage it by the way I live. And so then I went through all these tests and I wore another, what people call it a Holter monitor, whatever. It's a specialized monitor that you wear for a week. Um, and that showed 
AFib and that showed what's called flutter, which is your heart just speeds up and kind of flutters a little bit. And, and then it also showed some tachycardia, which is uh, some series of very fast beats just out of nowhere. And, you know, my resting heart rate at nights, you know, was 45 last night. You know what I mean? Amelia, I bet yours is even lower, no, right? That's about, no, that's about where I am. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go from, you know, mid 40s, 44 day last week to like 48, 49, 50, 51. Yeah. You know, if I'm not eating as healthy, it's more like 50, 51. If I'm, I'm, I'm 100 percenting right now, which means I'm eating nothing but unprocessed food right now. Man, the heart rate just goes right down. You feel a billion times better and you're a lot leaner. But, um, you know, uh, that the Holter Monitor War show all this stuff. So they're like, look, you know. The way that because what happens with AFib is your heart just starts to beat really fast and it's and it's shaking and pools of blood can accumulate in your in your chain one of your chambers of your heart. And then when your heart returns back to normal, gets out of the AFib, your heart can then push that blood out. And if and if there's and what happens is the blood can clot. And if it clots, then that blood can go to your brain and you can have a stroke. Right. So there was a guy, I forget. Uh, in Pennsylvania who had uh, like a stroke and he, he had AFib. Most of the people that you're hearing have that problem. So the, so the question is, what do you do about it? I've now seen a bunch of specialists and, you know, I'm trying to avoid having a procedure, but I probably will have to have a procedure where they go in there and they like watch your electricity in your heart and then they can cauterize certain areas. So think of your heart, like electricity, like in a circle maybe, and it's staying in this rhythm and they can actually do something with it but you know you hear these elite athletes you know that have problems Emilio have you ever had it or do you know anybody that's had it particularly that people like us that are endurance athletes um yeah I mean I I, do you have you been tested for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy what is that it it just you know it's it's a physical heart condition it's congenital and uh I, my, my kids have been, te- I, I'm only aware of it because my mother-in-law has it. And so her kids all got tested and my kids, they said, look, if they're going to go out and do sports, they really need to be tested um, and just check. So I, I, I don't know, I'll text you information, but I don't know if it, that's possible. I, again, I don't know what you've what you've been through. We, we should catch up separately. Yeah, about- yeah. Text me on that. But I've been through a, a huge amounts of tests and okay. measure yeah. measurement. Like I have a slightly larger aorta. It's probably because I'm an athlete. I have some leaky valves like like that. You know, there's all kinds of, you know, I have a little bit of plaque, actually, believe it or not, even though I live the way I live. Right. right. That I've had right. long before I got healthy. So there, all these things can play in, you know. Um, anyway, so uh, Justin or Charlie, any experience with AFib or anybody in the family? I've got a murmur. You've got a murmur. Got it. Justin? Problem. I can't remember the last time I had a problem with that. Right. Justin? Can you hear me? Uh, I don't have any. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we should talk offline about that. You know, so I have been very careful. I like I'm not going to do any high intensity stuff that's going to really push me to the point of having or maybe causing AFib. I would say that I am still able to exercise every day. And in fact, they encourage you to exercise, right? But I'm just doing mostly very easy metabolic efficiency type stuff, you know, and even when I'm running and I do run some hills, my heart rate might get to 140 or 150, but I'm not going into the, you know, 160, 170s or 180s right now. So, 
Um, let's talk about, uh, I gave you some questions in advance, Amelia. We're going to start with you just about like time management and, you know, prioritization of your health and like, how do you think about it? I know you're a very organized person. How do you think about it? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think a, a good place to start is one of the, one of the things you'd asked about just was kind of like, well, why, why, you know, <laughs> do you manage your time and how, and and why is exercise or nutrition, you know, a component of that? Or sleep or any, any health things, you or know, any why, health, why, any, anything any health, health related. Thing. Right. And I, and I think the answer to that is that, you know, really it's not about the exercise, right? If you're interested in managing your time better, you know, it all ties together and you, you're really talking about your performance or your functioning, right? At the end of the day. So when you incorporate sleep and exercise and nutrition and all those things that you were talking about, you're just helping yourself, you know, maximize your op operating, right? And your, and your performance, no, and your no performance, question. Right. And when you operate well, you can think clearly, you can make good decisions, you can be efficient. Um, so, you know, I, I think in one way to look at it is, is that it would be really silly or at least you know, be counterproductive to embark on a time management program without making sure those things are incorporated in some fashion, right? Mm -hmm. Only because it's not just about, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, calories versus metabolism. It's not, you know, just about how many hours there are in the day. If you're not working on all cylinders, what what's an hour, you know, <laughs> you can't do anything. Um, right. Whereas if you're well rested and well fed and you've been exercising, you could really get a lot, quite a lot done in there. So what do you, what do you shoot for every day in terms of your health and wellness? Like t talk about what you do and how do you keep it? How often do you do it? And what do you think about? And I know you've historically been a spreadsheet keeper. I don't know if you do that, use an app or just do it in your head. I'm a big believer in accountability, no, I, so I, I use accountability tools everywhere to keep me on track. No, I'm like you, Jim. We, I, I, yeah, I've got the spreadsheet, um, you know, laid out. Um, I, I don't know. I have a whole, I have kind of a whole approach to how I, I do this. I mean, it's funny because I, you know, you, you actually coach people. I have some very close friends who have a lot of trouble time managing, managing their time. And so I talk to them quite a bit and I kind of say the same thing to all of them, um, which is, you know, I, I think you want to start from scratch before you even start digging into, you know, this, that, and the other, you want to start from scratch and build a framework, right? So in order to do that, I think you kind of have to reframe the way you look at time. Um, I, I, you know, I, I find that so many people and, and I do it all the time. I say, oh, you know what? I don't have time to do that. Um, when in reality, that's not really the case, right? I mean, in reality, you should say, I am deciding not to make this a priority, right? Because there's a million uh, yeah. going on. hundred percent. Or, or I say it slightly differently. I say, I am deciding to prioritize other things over this. Right. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? Right. Right. It's not that, Jim, you don't have time to watch, you know, the television series that Charlie keeps telling you to watch. Uh, you know, you, you got to see this. I mean, if you're if your daughter was in the television series, guess what? You'd find some time 
to see all of every single episode. So, you know, I think it is important before even starting to get rid of the idea that we don't have time for things. It's just that you need to find out how important something is to you and maybe. And, and, and what the why is for doing it. So why do I need to have a 630 day streak? Because I know for me, I need to exercise and get the cardio exercise in because I have Crohn's disease and a bunch of other things. I has to be at the top of my list or I don't feel well afterwards. I get sick and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And maybe and maybe if you're deciding not to do something, you know, where it's not happening, maybe it's not that important to you. You know, I mean, they're different ways, you know, right. So just looking at that way, that way helps. But but once you've kind of really thought about that and I think you know, um, tried, you know, just keep trying to reframe that in your mind. I, I think then you, then you really start from scratch. You, you take a, a, a blank calendar and you've got 24 hours a day and seven days a week. And, you know, you don't want to get excited about that because that's not going to last long, but that's, that's literally where you start. And then, and I think you'll probably agree with me on this, Jim. Then I think with your blank calendar, you decide to start with sleep, right? Because you need to get to how many waking hours you're going to have. And as we always talk about, people tend to, quote unquote, find time by not sleeping. And that's a huge mistake because of what we already talked about, which is that you need to be operating efficiently and operating well. So I would say before you do anything, decide how much sleep you need to get every night. You know, what's going to work for you? And then you've got to figure out, well, what do you need in terms of pre-sleep, right? Do you need to read for a half an hour in a dark room to, to calm down to, to be able to go to sleep? Do you need to make sure you don't eat for three hours before? Do you need to not drink or exercise three hours? Whatever it is. Caffeine is the other one that really no causes people to have problems. Like I can drink. I'm a, I've been tested. I'm a high caffeine metabolizer. So I literally can drink two cups of coffee before I go to bed and I can fall asleep. Right. Other people, it'll keep them up for 12 hours. No, it's a disaster. Right. So figure that out, but literally just go in and block out your sleep. Ideally it's the same time you're going to bed at night and same time you're waking up. We know that's not always realistic, but do the best you can. And then suddenly you have your waking hours. Right. And by the way, on sleep, you really do want to go to bed earlier versus later and you want to be on a circadian rhythm where you're going to bed about the same time every night and you're getting up about the same time preferably without an alarm clock without sleep aids you know what i mean ideally with no sleep aids some people are like what about melatonin well melatonin can be fine although the views have changed particularly over the last few years where now people are saying you know what we used to think is okay melatonin might be too much melatonin and obviously you want to be falling asleep naturally and so like I do coach a lot of people that they tend to go to bed at like midnight or 1 a.m. And they they get up at they still get their seven plus hours of sleep, which that's the most important thing to get the seven hours of sleep. But it, ideally, you want to be you want to get at least seven. I tell people seven to eight, like and do the best you can. Um, and you don't want to get sort of more than 10 consistently either, because getting like less than six hours of sleep, Harvard says, quintuples your risk of death from anything and sleeping 10 or more hours a night consistently actually can cause lots of health problems, including heart disease and other things too. So you want to be in that sweet spot, ideally getting seven to eight, seven to eight on this circadian rhythm of sleep. And I agree with you starting with sleep and managing your time to get yourself on that rhythm is so important. 
Yeah, a lot I, of people. A lot of people then say, "I'm going to throw exercise in. I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to commit to getting my 30 minutes of exercise in every day." And then they get up at 5 a.m. and they don't sleep right. seven hours. And right. so I say to people all the time, "Sleep is much more important." But you got to figure out how to slot it in somewhere else because I have what I call a seven-hour sleep rule for people I coach. You, you know, you most of the time. It's not all the time. There's going to be some times where there's no way I can get my exercise in to keep a fifth, keep a 600-day streak. I'm going to get 15 minutes in, and I might have to get up sub seven hours of sleep and get my 15 minutes in and then I'll do it. Okay. But this is about, you know, a a marathon, not a sprint. And this is about being pretty consistent with that sleep. Most of the time I've been crushing sleep lately. So I don't know about you, but like I've been getting seven, eight hours pretty much every night. That means that I have to go to bed earlier and I have to not watch game of Thrones extra episode, you know? No, that's great. It sounds like we're on the same page with sleep, but I I really do believe that's, that's where you start even before all the other stuff, right? So if that's, if that's phase one and you block that out, right? Then phase two for me, a lot of people would say, well, then you need to fill in your commitments, but I do it a a different way. I say the next thing you want to do is figure out what are your everyday items and the most important things in your life that you want to do. And again, not talking about the commitments of work, the job you go to every day, or gym taking the kids to school that doesn't go that's that's the next phase in this phase it's literally what are the things that you're going to do every single day you can build a streak out of them which it, it, you know you and i both are, are are big on because i feel like it really helps me get it done and it doesn't matter how many things it is it could be one thing could be three things and it could be probably shouldn't be over 10 things because i think that's too much but I usually, for me, it, it varies, but it's usually five to seven things that I want to make sure I get done every day. And it's either a time commitment, if it's writing, it's a word commit, whatever, however you want to commit to it. And that can sound really overwhelming. And where do you find the time to do that? But for me, it never adds up to more than two hours. And usually it's much less than that. So say right. it literally becomes an hour to two hour. So that's like a TV series, you know, that's it. That's a pretty easy to find an hour, I think. And I'm, I, you know, I've got a busy schedule and it's always easy to find an hour or two. And I think those things that I'm talking about are exercise. I, I use that for exercise, for movement, could be for yoga. I use that for writing, which could be journaling or creative writing or a gratitude journal or any, you know, anything. For learning, which can include learning a language, a computer language, doing an online class, um, some kind of family. Project. What's that? Family. Family is there, right? How much am I going to commit to that I do this with each member of the family every day? Um, it could be um, outside of family. It could be communication, right? I'm going to be, you know, I, I'm going to reach out to three family members or friends every single day. Um, could be reading, could be meditation, could be a specific project that means fantasy football, fantasy, whatever. Hey, whatever it is that is important to you that you want to make sure you're doing, it's going to make you feel good. Do that next. And you write it down. And, and yes, I use the Excel spreadsheet and check it all off in the nerdiest fashion possible and just get on that streak and just do it and just do that every day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, like, I don't use the Excel spreadsheets much anymore, um, really, at all, but I use 
Carmen's app. I use Apple Health Kit. I use my own app. And my own app is very easy. I just hit this copy yesterday's inputs button. I enter in all my stuff, check my sleep. And I just have this one comment box that says current workout street is X. And every day I go into there and I update it by one. And, you know, I might miss a day or two. And so I have to update the last two or three days. Yeah. That's enough for me. Right. That's how I track it. You know, I didn't even know where it was uh, until it was around 600. And then, cause I was like, all right, I got a good one going. I don't want to check yet. Okay. I got a good one. I don't want to check yet. Now I know what it is. You know what I mean? And I'm going to lose it again sometime. Absolutely. And you know what? It, it really, it, it gets so helpful for me for the streak because at a certain point you really, like you said, you don't need to count. Like sometimes I just write down the first day I started it and then no. And then you, you know, go to calculate it later, right? Yeah. A year, a year later, I did 10,000 steps every day, whatever right. it is. Right. So, um, and then, and then after you do that, then you fill in your commitments, right? You fill in, well, I got, I got a job. I got to work. I got to make sure I make this happen. I got to take the kid. I have to take the kids to school. I do that. And, and that's fine because that also fills in. And then once you've got that, you've got your sleep, you've got the things you want to do every day and you got your commitments. It almost doesn't matter what you do the rest of it, right? Because you're really taking care of the things that are most important to you and the things that you had to do. Yep. So I want to say one thing and then I want to kick it to Justin. And then I'm going to, I want Justin to talk about the other side of this. What happens when we're on the other side of all this? We don't have a good streak going. We're not focusing on our health. We're not exercising consistently in a routine. Um, and then I want to come back to you and say, what do you do when you have 15 things that really need attention on that list and how do you prioritize? Right. And I'll just say this before I kick it to you, Justin, but, um, my brother, um, runs every day now. Like for a long time, he told me he walked. I've told this story before. I was like, John, that's movement. That's not exercise. You got to elevate your heart rate. So he's been running pretty consistently 30 to 40 minutes, you know, around the Silver Lake Reservoir in LA. Sometimes he sees some coyotes, pretty cool. Sends me these pictures of families of coyotes, pretty cool. And, you know, and I said to him, what keeps you going? Why do you you know, are you like me, like you're a streaker and that's what works for me? Like, or what is it for you? And he's like, you know what? Like, I, like, I, like, I, I might know I have a streak going and like you, I, maybe I'm not counting it at some point. I might count it. I might never count it. He said, but you know why I do it? Because I feel a million times better when I do it. And when I exercise and it's a critical element of my life to feel better, Justin, let's go to you and let's take the other side. So give a little background on yourself. Um, I will say Justin is also a gifted runner. He's run a three seventeen marathon. Is that right, Justin? Um, I think three eighteen. Yeah. Whatever. You've done some pretty amazing stuff, but you also are not consistent. So let's let, let with with your health and with exercise. So let's talk about that a little bit. Go. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for me, I need to be like, I get crazy busy at work, and then I got to get up. I got to I go to bed, and I got to get up at five and start working, and then. Uh, now I gotta, you know, try to fit in a scout, you know, a run and it just, the day gets out of hand and then it just doesn't happen. But that, that can happen a lot. I'm, I have to be very aggressive about carving out a little bit of time for running. And I think that, um, for me, I need a, I need some kind of goal. I need to have like some kind of race I'm going to run. Otherwise I'm not going to, I'm not going to make what feels like a very 
difficult effort to like carve out enough time. I'd say that at least 80% of people are that way. If they don't have a goal, they don't. And for a lot of people, runners, it's, they don't have a race. They're not doing it. That's, and I know for a fact that I'm one of those people. There's no doubt about it. Because if I, if I know I got to do the race, then I know I got to do, I got to keep going. If I, if I fall off, I'm going to, I'm not going to reach my goals in my race, whatever that is. So for me, that's critical. And I think that some people do like, even if you don't run, you can, you know, I think that if you like, you know, somebody that wants to do a 5k for the first time can, you know, they might find that that once they start it, that's their, you know, a hook in order to keep exercising regularly. But definitely for me, that's it. You know, I'll make a, I'll make a comment. Then I have a question. I, I, as you know, like to race and, you know, when I'm in New York city, I'm racing at least 10 races a year in central park and I'm doing longer stuff. I have not run any competitive races where I have been competitive in two years. Yet I am still doing everything I need to do because I have come to this realization that the most important thing is to get the exercise in and I don't need the goal, but uh, how do you get to that place? And are are you are you too extreme on other things that you're prioritizing that you're not prioritizing your health? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't prioritize anything other, other than work or being with my family because I don't really do anything else. Um, really, that's about it. Um, I um, I just need to really focus on efficiency at work so I can I can try to build the time so I can do the exercise um, because if I don't then I can't do it but then once you get in that cycle of not exercising then it becomes difficult because you're you're sluggish and then you're slow to get going in the day and then the day gets ahead of you and then it then it's over you know so I think that doing a regular exercise routine is helpful so that you, you know, you stay on track because I can find an hour. I just find it harder when I'm out of the rhythm, put the hour back in. So once you start doing it, it's a lot easier, at least for me. Yeah. And one of the reasons I often try and get my exercise or a lot of my goals out of the way early in the morning is, you know, either get up before I drop my kids to school or right after I drop them off, I try and manage my schedule, my calendar so that I have a little time for me. I try and get it out of the way because it's funny. Like I'll give an example, like my kids, we go to this gym out here. It's awesome. Right. And a lot of times it'll be like, it'll be like a Saturday and they'll be like, Hey, can we go meet some people at, you know, this gym at 4 PM? Sure. And I always say to my wife, like, I got to get my workout in this morning. Well, why? You're taking the girls, you know, to the gym later. I was like, yeah, but they're fickle. Right. And almost every single time, oh, I don't feel like going anymore. And, and why don't we go to the mall and go out to dinner and hang out? And then there's no way I'm getting my exercise in. Right. So one of the keys to consistency and routine is, you know, getting it in under your own terms so that you can get it out of the way. I'm looking at you, Emilio. Comments? Yeah, no, it's funny. I mean, you, you know, one thing I, I I would say to kind of, you know, 
I, I laid out a very idealist situation, right? In, in the perfect world, you'd be able to do it this way. Obviously, you know, what I, I think what becomes very important is, and Jim, you talk about this a lot, making whatever goals you have realistic. So if you know you're not going to be able to do something every day, don't, you know, no matter what, just because it's not going to be feasible and you don't have enough control over the situation to be able to make that happen, you know, maybe it's perfectly fine to say I'm going to run Monday, Wednesday, Friday and take the weekend off. 100%. That's why I started this conversation off saying right. if you're doing zero days, do one day. Right. And you're running three days a week and it's not so much. And then, if you you know, maybe you get lucky one week and you can pop in another hour. That's still a streak, right? It's just it's, you know, it's it's habit. You're forming the habit. And I think it's really important to not only. uh you know, it's as important to keep going with your streak as it is to say, you know what, I've got 500 days of doing something, but today, for whatever reason, um, I need to be okay with not doing it because you know what, if 100%. I do 500 days and I stop for a day and then do 300 more days or whatever it is, and it doesn't even have to be that extreme. But I think giving yourself permission, and I, I've done that a lot, and I used to not do that. I used to be so rigid to make sure, and. Now I do give myself permission to say, you know what, look, life happens and there's all kinds of crap going on right now. And I just need to cut myself some slack. And it's not a bad thing. I've done really well. I've done all these things and it's okay, you know, to not um, have, ha you know, have this happen today. 100%. I think uh, you, the streaks are like every day I say to myself, it's probably going to be my last day because I have the exact same mentality. If I don't do it, hey, I built up currency and I'll start a new one. Right. You know, Justin, uh, one of the things that I tell people I coach all the time, I see this all the time with A plus personalities or type A personalities I coach is that they're just too busy all the time. There's a lot of stats that have been coming out over the last few years about being too busy is actually really unhealthy. Um just nonstop busyness, no time to relax, no time to, you know, socialize and particularly relaxing, um, working, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And like hearing what you talk about, I know you're a partner, I know you're a lawyer, but you know, when I hear that, I would be, and I don't think you can do this because you work in a small firm, but like I tell, I counsel people all the time and mentor people like we got to do better to get you some help so that you're not that busy. So you do have time to do some of these things. Right. And that is a big Absolutely. thing in many jobs, you know? Yeah. We said, we, we tried to find somebody to help and we, and I got somebody and we're working on it, but I need two people. And so, but with the, it's hard to find people. And it's so hard to find people. Sometimes we have to settle. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes we just have to say, you know what, I'm not going to find everything I need. I'm going to find some things I need. Yeah, but I, but, yeah, but if you're not in control of that, it's, it's, you can't, you know what I mean? You're I do. not the control person to say, I'm going to, well, I'm going to find somebody no matter what. That's, that would be helpful, but you're not, I'm not always in control. So. That's, and then I would say kind of self-reflect when you've been on your good streaks and you've been exercising and you've been sleeping and you've been doing the stuff, what were you doing then versus what, what you're doing now? And how do you get back to that? I have seen such degradation in so many people I coach 
that I have coached over the last, say, 11 or 12 years, where they're at today, where they were when they were really humming and, you know, focusing on their health. I understand there's ups and downs, but as we get older, the damage we do to our body is harder. You've never had a scare like me, right? We've been in the hospital all these right. times and I, ha- I have to do right, it, exactly. right? When you have a scare or when you hit a milestone birthday of, you know, you're already 50, but 60 or 70, that's when people <laughs> tend to do something for a short period of time Pretty and tough. they fall right back off, you know? If I had that, maybe I, that would have probably been more of a, like a, a motivator. Uh, but really nothing, you know, nothing drastic happened. I slowly, slowly gained a little bit of weight, but nothing really bad happened. But lately I've been exercising a lot for the last couple of weeks and I feel really good. I did a run tonight and it was really great. I feel good, so. And you're walking uh, around at a call right now? Yeah. Um, so maybe, um, you know, maybe I'll keep this going. I get, I'm planning on doing a race in November. So there's my, you know, my goal. What kind of And race? I got a kid to keep up with the kids because now they're both in cross country. Now I have no choice but to can't let them get I mean, you, sh- me. you should be... <laughs> doing everything you can to train to crush them okay uh, <laughs> right exactly <laughs> exactly so Jim, I, i've um, learned the hard way that the, the 5k is not the the uh distance to challenge my uh my 16 uh, year old son what what's his time oh i can't come cl- i can't come close to those i can't come close to them is he running sub six per mile pace uh, about yeah, about that. great. That's that's awesome, Charlie. Any comments? And then I want to just go down a couple of notes I took here. All right. Well, mostly I'm trying to remain healthier, just because uh, my son's mother, as you know, has uh, uh, is a ki- kidney transplant patient. So her lifespan is going to be most likely not wishing anything, but uh, significantly less than uh, she might normally expect. So uh, I find that. Uh, it's more up, it's going to be more up to me to guide them to adulthood in a world that I think is full of more significant problems than when we can be adults. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, we're seeing, unfortunately, all kinds of issues right now. It's really kind of sad to me and really hope that people can stop being so extreme and start to be kinder and more understanding versus, I mean, but we had a lot of leaders that have been too extreme in my opinion. I think we're getting to, I think it's going to get a little better soon, hopefully. And I'm independent. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle, but um, it's, it's tough. I'm going to, um, Justin, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Cause I just want to go through a few notes and get people's rea- reactions. No, I was going to say Charlie's why is a good one you got to just have, uh, for me, that you got to have something. And I have, I have like, you know, I want to run a race, but ultimately is to stay, you know, when I get older, I so I can walk around and stuff and not, you know, you see older people that are struggling. And I'd like to enjoy being old and getting old. So that, you know, you know, that's the why that I need that race to get to that point, I think. Charlie? 
keeping up with the grandkids. If I can do that, then I'll be a happy guy. If that's the way it turns out for me. Hopefully. Amelia, were you going to say anything else on that? Okay. Um, you know, I took a few notes here and I'm just going to read a few things that I wrote down here. Just, just general things that I think about my, by the way, my why hundred percent, my why is to not get sick. Okay. Because if I get sick, I'm in the hospital with Crohn's or whatever. I take myself up for periods of time and I have to ask other people to help me. I hate asking people to do anything for me. I want to take care of myself. I don't want to be like my dad who was a three pack a day smoker, Mensa genius that did not know how to cut his own food before he died. Okay. So I, you know, if I'm going to go and I have an AFib stroke, I'm on a run, that'd be a much better way to go than to, you know, not be able to take care of myself. I want to be around for my kids. And the coolest thing about a 600 plus day streak is not the 600 plus day streak. It's the fact that I was healthy enough every single day over that time period to be able to have that streak. Right. And so being healthy by far is the most important thing. And then being around, hopefully for my kids someday, my dad is not, you know, is something that's super, super important to me. So Charlie, you said being around for your grandkids someday. Yeah. That's, that's a great motivation. Um, However, I thought, that I need to have uh, something more uh, superficial, something more selfish. When I, when I uh, quit tobacco five years ago this last summer, um, I, thanks, uh, but I've gone back after, after quitting for five years, but I feel pretty good about this one. Anyway, um, where was this? Um, I just didn't want to be a slave anymore, and that was the selfish part of it. I didn't want to be a slave. And that was how I made a successful quit. And I guess that that sort of mentality is important to me in any sort of health improvement. Mm-hmm. Anybody else have any comments before I read a few of my notes here? So, you know, recognize, I use, exa- I use exercise as an example here. Recognize that if you want to exercise more, you got to figure out how to do it. Make a commitment, set your goals, realistic goals, design a plan, execute the plan. You know, and I, like I was talking to this one guy I work with and he was down in the doldrums. He wasn't exercising, gifted athlete. And we had a bunch of conversations about this and it took him probably a quarter, so three months. And now he has fell in love with the elliptical, even though he thought I was a wimp when I told him to do the elliptical, right? But the elliptical is amazing. It's no impact. Your body can feel amazing. You can actually work and do some returning of emails or do whatever you need to do. You can watch a show, whatever you want to do, and you elevate your heart rate. So it's like a really efficient way to get good exercise. And now he does it five days a week and it really has really changed his life, right? He figured out what was reasonable. It's never, and he doesn't work out on the weekends. Like he, he drives his kids around to soccer tournaments and he's with his family and he takes weekends off. That is spectacular, right? Um, be a planner. Get yourself organized. You know, if we were to do a comparison, some sort of correlation or analysis of people's health to their organizational skills, I bet there's an absolute 100% direct correlation, right? And that falls under time management also, but, you know, you know, planning skills, even like, how am I going to eat healthy? You know, I like make my oatmeal, my fruit, my flaxseed. Yesterday, I spent an hour making it or 45 minutes and I did not enjoy it. And I was kind of miserable making it in this instance. But now I have five or six days worth of it. Right. And I'm so happy because otherwise I'd spend 15 minutes, 20 minutes making it every day. 
So I got the efficiencies there. Anybody want to jump in on the first two? So recognize that you need to do something, set the goals, put a plan in place. Comments. Yeah, Jim, I have a, I have a comment because it's something that both, um, you, you know, I think that uh, I, I, we've, we've touched on a couple times, but, you know, there is a, there seems to be, at least in some studies, a correlation between, um, a strong correlation between happiness and feeling that you have control over your life. And I think you just said something about time management. I mean, I think when we think about planning or making a plan or um, putting together a schedule, it makes you feel like you have some control over your life. And it's really hard to feel like you have control over your life because there's so many things going on. And I think, Justin, you were kind of, you were kind of referencing this, that you may, you know, you, you uh, may not be able to uh, change or affect change with and that generally doesn't make us feel good. So I think if there are strategies or things that we can do that make us or give us more control over our life, or at least the perception of control through managing our time, um, we're going to be happier. I think that's a really great point. And really, control over your life means less stress, right? So when I like do my routines and schedule everything, like I don't talk about it. Like I don't bring attention to it because if I bring attention to it, somebody's going to take it from me. It's a fact. Or as my kids would say, that's facts. Right. So like I, you know, I go to bed earlier and I get up earlier and I go, usually I start my day with a walk. I'm outside. I feel spectacular. I get a little energy. Then I come home and I make my, you know, during the school year, I make my kids breakfast and I take them to school. Right. And then maybe it, I, 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 I can do a lot of calls from my car. So I do a lot of calls from my car and then I can walk. I can even do calls when I'm walking around most of the time, which is great. I don't need to be on video that much. Right. And then I figure out when I'm going to get my exercise in, you know, I try and keep a, a hour open on my calendar every day. Right. But I think that managing your own time is such a stress reduction and not being able to manage your time, having an unpredictable job where people put stuff on your calendar or whatever makes things much, much harder. And as we are more senior people now, we should be able to control our calendars a little more. Jim, can I just say one thing about that? Is I noticed, and I, I just remember this from past talks or just us, us having conversations, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been fairly aggressive in your career. Not everyone, you know, a lot of people get afraid to say, oh, I'm blocking out my calendar, I'm not gonna do this, or, or they just don't feel comfortable doing it, or within an organization. And I feel like, you know, definitely a way you influenced me, I remember is, you, you know, you had an attitude like, well, you know what, I, I kind of need to do this for me. And you know what, they don't even need to know necessarily that I'm doing this for me or what I'm even doing. And I, I started doing that a, a while ago as well, just thinking, you know what, if my lunch hour, I want to go walk around, um, you know, lower Manhattan, or I want to take an hour and a half to walk around lower Manhattan, or I want to go into work a little bit later, but I'm still doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing for my job. I'm still doing everything really well. You know what? I'm going to do it a little bit more in my time. Um, I know why that can be scary and not always feasible, right? Because some, some people um, might not even tolerate that at all. But when you can, I think it's really important to be assertive because 
there are lots and lots of people who are going to want you to execute their agenda from, you know, companies that need you so that they can make money to succeed from friends that say they absolutely need your help on a certain day to, um, it, you know, it's a constant, constant battle to carve out your own time and do things and not feel overly selfish, but it's incredibly important, right, to exert some control over your life, especially now. I mean, we've talked about becoming 50. It's one thing if, you know, you kind of have to do some things when you're 20, but we don't know how much time. I mean, we all are, this is great. We're all talking and we're, you know, I think really health conscious and trying to do the best we can, but we have no idea, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, I think- 100%. I could die tomorrow from an AFib thing. Or a car accident. I mean, it right. happens all the time, right? So There's we, a guy that I work with at Goldman who ran the MA group at Goldman and he was killed in a car accident in New Jersey a couple months ago. And that's just devastating. Nice guy from the Midwest. And I remember I sent it to a few of my ex-colleagues at Goldman. And one person said, it could have been any of us. You know, I never thought I'd be that type of person to worry about death. And I don't worry about death. And I don't obsess about death. But I do think about it. And I have seen so many people as we get older have issues, even talk to people that didn't get on a program and died, you know, because they didn't take care of themselves. So I 100% agree. Like, I have learned... I used to be that guy when I would start running, I'm training for a marathon. I ran 18 miles this weekend, you know, and, or, you know, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to get my run in today. And I realized real fast that people would judge me for that. You know what I mean? Really judge me in my job. Right. Then I figured out, you know what, maybe I should just do it and not talk about it. Nobody cares. Family doesn't care. Nobody cares. Right. I would never been able to get consistent exercise the way I do now or consistent sleep or anything before. Now I just do it. I don't talk about it. And um, nobody at my job knows when I exercise. Like I have Garmin friends. All of my workouts are private now. I only share things if I know I'm not going to get judged because there is the opportunity that somebody could see, oh, Jim ran at 1030 and I asked him to do a call and he didn't respond to me. Right. You know what I mean? And so Anybody listening to this, just do it. Don't talk about it. Figure out how to fit it in. Like, and, and, and Bob's not on this call, but you know, we've talked to Bob. I used to give Bob this advice. Dude, if you're going to go out in the middle of the day and you're going to do the elliptical, keep it easy. Otherwise, you're going to go back with the bright red face and you're going to be sweating and everyone's going to know you went to work out. Right? We're in a different world now, you know, now that we have a pandemic and everything and people can get their stuff in more. But I think that it's critically important. And, and I think that even if somebody does know that I work out. I don't hide it. I don't lie about it ever. If somebody says, Hey, you know, I don't ever offer more information than I need to. But if somebody's like, Hey, what were we up to? I, oh, I was out for a run. You know, sometimes I know the people I can trust. Oh, I was out for a run. Don't lie about it. Right. But I don't need to offer it. Right. And once you, and hopefully you can work with people that are secure enough that would encourage you to do that. Everyone that works for me, I'm like, go off for a run. You can tell me about it. I'm not going to judge for it. I want you to do it. You know what I mean? Now, it doesn't mean you could just go out at 11 o'clock every day. If we have a call at 11 o'clock, you got to manage your time to get it in around when we need to do our job, period. Justin, any comments on that? Uh, no, I mean, I think that that's, that's good. I mean, I, I don't have anybody telling me what to do at any point, so I can usually do that. It's more about, it's just a volume of work. It's nobody saying... You, hey, Justin, you need to work right now. It's just, 
you need I just need to get, get stuff done you know and it's not it's not about time it's just a matter of if I take an hour here how am I going to get that back yeah you're too busy you need help there's no question when I hear that um you know the other thing is when people we talk about time management and prioritization but like a lot of people that I talk to need to incorporate some health and wellness things into their life and they need to make material changes to the way they spend their time right and this is not like a hey i'm going to do it this week this is like i need to do this for a long period of time and i need to make some stable long-term changes to what i'm doing otherwise i will not be able to focus on my health Emilio, comments oh i mean i just uh, yeah completely completely agree um, and again, it's, I feel like it's become such a more challenging thing because of our age, right? I mean, a lot of people are starting to question whether, uh, I mean, I, look, I have a, it's, it's funny, I'm in a book club and there are six of us, wait, six, seven of us and five of, uh, people in the book club are doctors and they're all around this, my same age and they all work very, very long schedules. And, but they're all coming to a time in their life where they have a good amount of money. <laughs> They've got to where, you know, what they need to do is, but what they don't have is they haven't figured out how to free up more time. And my other, my other brother's a surgeon. He's on this call sometimes. And he used to yeah. tell me when he was in his thirties and I was in my twenties, he's 12 years older than me, Jim, I'm trying to work less, not more. And I never understood that. Now I completely understand yeah. that. Right. And, and that is the key, right? It's, it's how do we figure out how to pull back? And it's very challenging. Um, and I, I, well, you I, want to pull back without people knowing you're pulling back. Well, yes. Right? Or, or, or sometimes or, maybe they need to know you're taking a, taking your foot off, but careful how much people know about your true intentions because people will start to take money away from you or other things sometimes, not always. True. But, but I guess my point is that may be okay as well, right? Exactly. If you don't point, care about that, then definitely at some do point, it. you know, again, it's, it's very funny because when we grew up, we always, and I always thought, Oh, my dad retired and he did this and he got his pension plan. And, you know, it's just different. It's going to be different, right? There's no kind of traditional classic retirement for me. I've got to figure something out, right? It's somewhere between that allows me to have some sort of income and keep working and do this, but I don't want to be, you know, constantly not doing or, or getting to the things that I really want to do or the things that are important. And, and I think, yeah, at age, you know, when you're in your fifties, it's time to, time to, to, to address that. And 100%. equally as important as health, because the reasons we want to be healthy is because we want to be present and be with people and do the things we want to do. You could be really, really healthy and working 18 hour days and not be available to do all those things we want to do. So it's, it's equally as important as the health, the health part of things. 100%. Charlie, any comments? Um, yeah, I guess that I'm just trying to find that motivation that I had five years ago. I mean, I had um, uh, some significant just just hacking up hacking up a lung all day long from my smoking. Um, 
you know, five years ago. I'm trying to find uh, a similar motivation to get me going for the long term because I can stop and start with the best of them, but uh, but maintaining is my problem. Yeah, you just have to find. Emilio said. Go ahead, Justin. I was going to say Emilio said something important, and I think it's helpful. Is to the most important thing is to to get back on when when we've been off and to get back and always to like to find a way to get this the new streak going or to get yourself back in. Like it's easy to like once you you're you haven't been working out or doing anything to not to just not do it at all. Say for whatever reason it's so easy to do that. It's so hard to just go back. But once you're doing it it's a lot easier. But finding your way back and if you fall off the streak to just say, well, I missed it. Now I'm going to go back. Yeah. Right. And keep it modest, right? That's it, Jim. That's the other thing we always talk about is that it doesn't matter. Like if you're off, like, you know, I, I come back from vacation or uh, where I just let everything, you know, let everything go, or I just had a big race and I need to recover after it, whatever that is. Right. Enjoy the idea that you'd been, you know, if you'd been running 10 miles every day, enjoy the idea that, hey, for next couple of weeks, I'm going to build up. I can run a few miles. Or, it's the best, actually. Or, right. Or right is the best. So take advantage of that. And you know what? There is no issue or problem with getting out and, you know, walking for 30 minutes or running one mile or if you're writing creatively, writing one page, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But Building a streak that's really, really, really modest, right? With, you know, that just would almost be laughable is more important than getting out there one day and just killing it with some really, you know, huge goal. I think it is building that, pat, you know, that habit and it's a lot easier to grow, you know, grow a habit or develop a habit once you've carved out that time, all right, than it is just to, to, to like you said, uh, you know, Justin, that it, to, to, to just start, <laughs> you know, to do that. Just do a little better. It's yeah. just do a yeah. little better and figure out how you can maintain it. Get yourself on a routine, make yourself accountable, make yourself proud. I'm proud of myself when I do something every day. And when I feel spectacular, I feel spectacular after I do it. And I, I have, I used to be an hour run every day. Now, like, I only have maybe 20 minutes sometimes, 25 minutes. And I'll, and I've totally accepted, fine, I'll do 25 minutes. And if I can get a, another workout in to get my hour up, great. If not, like, uh, cause sometimes I'll go to the gym with my kids and do elliptical or something, get my, get more time in. But if I can't, I'm like, you know what? I feel really good anyway. I still get the runners high from 20, 25 minutes, 15 minutes. And I've done something. Jim, that's a really good, uh, by the way, that's a great uh, trick that um, I talk to people about a lot is, we're all used to trying to get that one blocker running in. It is, it's probably, it's literally as good for you. Uh, you know, we, we do some endurance stuff. So you want to try to build those big blocks, but to be able to, like you said, maybe you run a few miles in the morning and then you get a bike in in the afternoon or another run in later on in the day. The, the, the concept, and again, especially with more flexible work schedules, the concept of having to do your exercise in one, bigger block it, it's great it's a really great hack and once you start doing it you know a run in the morning and a run in late afternoon 
or a bike in late afternoon, it, it's it's great to do shorter, you know, multiple workouts in a day. One of the biggest questions I get from people is, hey, I might not have an hour to get my workout in in the morning. Is it okay if I break it up into two or three yeah. workouts? Absolutely. The scientists Absolutely. tell you it's all the same type thing. Now, if you're an endurance runner and you have injuries of any type, like a knee injury, an IT band injury, ankles, Achilles, calves, like shins, anything like that, then you got to be a little more careful about doing two runs in a day because, you know, you might irritate your body as after your first run, your body goes into recovery right mode right away. So if I'm in a place like I was out on a run yesterday, my shoes are way beyond where they should be. My orthotics need adjustments. And I started to feel a little pain in my shin and it, it twins the first time. It's like, oh, oh, that feels like shin splint. And then I haven't had that in a long time. And then I got it again. I was like, all right. So I stopped my run instantaneously. And I said to my daughter, I might've just caused myself six weeks because I didn't change those shoes two days earlier. And, um, and today I was fine. So stopping and I didn't run and I probably will not run for a week to let the shin recover. And then I'll jog for 15 minutes. And if it's okay, I know I'm okay. And I avoided it. The old gym would have just run through that. Right. And then I would be in a six week injury with a, with a real shin splint, which is really a stress reaction turning into a stress fracture. Shin splints are. Justin, closing comments? I'm going to try to keep my uh, streak going here. Uh, I, I don't really have a daily streak, but I'm... I'm Welcome just, I'm to the JVB Health and Wellness Podcast. Weeks, so. It's been a while since we've recorded a group podcast. I haven't signed and I felt like it was time to do it. So to do we had that. some folks on, uh, and you'll hear what I think is a, a really good discussion around making time What's for goal? health and wellness besides the race with some tips time goal? and thoughts oh, I, and a I few other know. conversations um, about no, other health and wellness related topics enjoy yeah I, this guy I, that, I don't know how i fell so back i i don't know where it should be that's right uh, this guy that uh, kind of my mentor in running you know every year he'd train some years he'd be in 315 marathon shape and some years he'd be in four hour marathon shape and he would always tell me right before hey based on what i did my training I'm in shape to run this pace. And I think that's a perfect approach for you, Justin. And consistency and routine, even if it's two or three days a week, you know, as we get older, I think it's really important. And, you know, you define your streak. Like that guy, that coach, five days a week is his streak on the elliptical. And it's okay if you miss some days. Just, just you know, keep it going most of the time. What I would do is I would set a goal of, all right, my 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 goal is at least two days of exercise. And if I do five, great. But then I know that if I miss a few days, I'm still going to hit two. So I have what I have like 10 goals at all times. Emilio, I suspect you're exactly the same as me. I, I was somebody I was I was on a work call um, and somebody I work with said, hey, I listened to one of your podcasts. I was like, oh, why? 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 She's like, oh, we talked like two or three years ago and I, I had this podcast and it popped up and it was about calories. And we were doing the challenges during when we recorded that calories one. Um, and, you know, um, we, Amelia, if you remember, one of the categories of the challenge was how many plants do we eat a week? Yeah. I love that one. That was and, my favorite. That and, was my favorite and by the way, one. to me, one of the most, one of my things, overarching things every day of my life is to get as many plants as I can into my body, right? Uh, like most people get like two plants into their body. Like, cause I have people report, it's amazing, right? I get 30, 35 different plants in every single day. And I remember you actually inspired me because you said to me on that podcast, I listened to it the other day, I'm going for a hundred. 
a hundred plants, which means that you were going to the grocery store and you were buying dragon fruit and chikama or other things that you never ate before, every one of which has different phytonutrients and is spectacular for a gut bacteria, right? So really important. It's so funny, Jim. I I love it. I thought of that today just because that was one of my favorite challenges that you put out there. Um, It was great. I love doing it. It was really fun. I tried to get the family. I was trying to get the kids to eat. It was just, that was a blast. It's so hard. And what she said to me, which I thought was interesting. And she's like, Jim, you're not like a, like eliminate stuff. You're like, add as much as you can. And most people are out there today saying, don't eat this. Don't eat that. Do this diet. Whereas I realize that's just not sustainable for anybody, particularly my kids. Like every morning before school, I make my kids a, a bowl of fruit. And we put it in the Tupperware and they eat it in the car, put a fork there. They eat it in the car on the way to school. And I always make sure I have at least five different fruits in there. So typically grapes, red, any type of grape, um, blueberries, strawberries, mango, banana, pineapple, pears, golden berries. I mean, I try and just change it up. And I know then at least they will get at least those five fruits into their body. And when I took this course from Cornell on plant-based nutrition, um, one of the things I learned is that when you have five or more different plants all at the same time, the, the interaction, com- the, the absorption of nutrients gets compounded significantly when you have many different things all together. And so, so, so important. Eat lots of plants. Any closing comments from you, Emilio? No, I talked too much already. I, I think I think I said everything I wanted to say. But thank you, Jim, for it, uh, for doing this because I, I did. I really enjoyed doing all those, uh, you know, all the podcasts. Challenges. Yeah. So th- so thank you. <laughs> well, let's do another one of these. I would. I, I don't know if we should do a different one on this or not, but motivation is one that I'm hearing a lot on. We really didn't spend a lot of time on motivation. We kind of did, but kind of didn't. Maybe something else we could talk about, but like, how do you get your motivation up? That's a, that, I think that's a, that could, that could be a, I think it's a great topic. Well, Jim, I had mentioned to you earlier that I was uh, uh, joining a 50 plus softball league team. Yeah. This, so that's nice. going to be into something more, I hope. So uh, my, my motivation is just to stay healthy not do anything stupid trying to stretch a single into a double or anything like that. <laughs> what, what what position are we playing and how often? Well, it sounds like I'm one of the younger ones on the 50 plus team, so I just don't <laughs> want to myself in front of the 65 year olds. Anyway, Chuck, awesome. I want you to think about setting some goals. And if there, I love uh, softball, it's amazing and it's so good. It's so important that we play too. If you look at the people in the blue zones. They're not like actually going out and scheduling an hour long workout on a Peloton or running for an hour. They're just move. They move a ton. Okay. They do a ton of like walking up and down hills in many places they live, or they do a lot of gardening and they're just constantly on the move and they do get their heart rate elevated, but it's not an extreme amount, right? It's not like a meal right. and me or a training for 20 miles or, you know, a short 30 K or, you know, or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So, really grateful that, i have a work to keep me busy this fall and so i'm not worried about that and but i really needed to have something to something i was doing like not work yes play play is so important all right any any closing comments from you justin before we drop here no that's no i don't have anything uh yeah let's do it again 
All right, guys. guys. See ya. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Take care. So long. You too, bye. Bye.